Hello everyone, I'm Jonathan Schuler, and welcome to the Fortress of Truth, where we look into the perfect law of liberty and continue therein by the grace of God. Jesus said, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now I know we've said this before, but it bears repetition. God doesn't want us to be bound. He calls His Word the perfect law of liberty. If you follow His direction and do what He tells you to do, you're going to become freer than you've ever become. And Jesus said, like we just saw, Jesus said, when you continue in the Word, you're truly His disciple and then you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. God wants us to be free. He doesn't want us to be bound. Free to do what? Free to live the life that He wants us to live. Glory to God. Free to live in abundance. Free to live in joy and peace. To walk in His love. He wants us to be free. If there's something binding you or holding you back, that's not of God. Now, someone might say, well, God has laws and laws, or laws will restrict you. No, God's laws don't restrict you or bind you up. God's laws are boundaries to prevent you from getting over into sin, which is really what will hold you bound. You know, Live in any way you want to live, irrespective of God's law, that'll get you destroyed. Galatians 6 says, if you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap life everlasting. But if you sow to the flesh, you'll of the flesh reap corruption. If you just do anything and live any way you want to live and don't pay attention to the, to the Lord and what He has to say, then you're going to wind up being corrupted and destroyed because you're following the thief. And Jesus said the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep. And we read in Psalm 23 that when the psalmist is making the declaration, the Lord is my shepherd, he says, basically, because he's my shepherd, I don't lack for any good thing. I shall not want, I do not lack, I shall not lack for any good thing because he leads me to green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, the right paths for His name's sake. Glory to God. Well, we've been talking about for a little while now, the joy of faith. And we've been looking in Psalm 5 and beginning with verse 7. The psalmist here is talking to the Lord and he says, But as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy, and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. 
Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. Now, last time we talked in great detail about following the leading of the Lord, that he will lead us. And like this says, lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. We need the Lord to lead us in the right paths because we have an adversary. Ephesians 6 tells us that we're not wrestling, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. People aren't our problem. Now, sometimes they feel like they are, and they do their best to make it seem like they are. <laughs> you know, some, some, someone said, some people aren't a thorn in your side, they're a complete bush. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anybody have anyone in their life like that? Well, we have an adversary, but it's not people. The enemy, the devil, works through people who yield to him. Now, that doesn't mean that the people are necessarily evil. They may not even be aware of what they're doing. They may be perfectly sincere, just sincerely wrong. That's why you have to follow the leading of the Lord because he will lead you in the right paths to avoid the snares and traps of the enemy. There may be two ways. You may be at a fork in the road, a decision that you need to make. And you, you look at the right hand, you look at the left hand, they're both good options, but what's the good thing for me to do? You know, you might say, well, Obviously, I should pick this one because that's a good thing. And the devil wouldn't lead me to do something good, right? Well, it's true. It may be a good thing, but is it a God thing? Is it what God wants you to do? Think about this. The Great Commission in Mark 16. What did Jesus say? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Matthew's account of it, Matthew 28, he said, go and teach all nations. Well, is that for everybody? Well, yes and no. Yes, it is a commission to the entire church and everyone is supposed to go. But where are you supposed to go? You know, we, we talk about, you know, missionaries and people traveling to preach the gospel. And generally, the example is given of Africa or China. Well, what if everyone went to Africa? Well, what about Europe? What about South America? What about, what about Australia? What about our own country? Where are you supposed to go? You see, the body of Christ, is, it's, the example in, is given in the New Testament of the human body. And each part has its role, its function. Well, the body of Christ is the same way. We're all members of the body of Christ. Each one of us has a part to play. 
And what we need to do, our responsibility is to seek God and to follow his leading and do our part. If I'm doing my part and you're doing your part and Joe and Billy and Bobby down the street are all doing their part, then the larger grand scheme of things, the plan of God, the overarching plan of God will be accomplished. The Lord gave me this illustration some time back of an orchestra. Now, I don't know if you're into classical music or not, but um, a marching band works the same way. Or even a rock band to some degree. You, each person has, each instrument has their own part. Specifically with an orchestra, each instrument, you may have dozens and dozens, sometimes hundreds of musicians on stage. And each one has their specific part to play. Now, if you take any part by itself, it may, for depending on what part you pick, it may not sound anything like the full piece. But it's crucial to form the entire symphony. In fact, that's what a symphony is. It's a large group of people all playing together to create one sound. Now, if, if the, there's a violinist there who wants to play the 1812 overture, but the whole orchestra is playing Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, then something's not going to work. So what do we do? Do, does, do all the musicians just do their own thing? No. They look to one individual, the conductor. He's the one who tells everyone what to play, tells them how to play it, and directs them and conducts the whole orchestra. He corrals all these people and causes them to cooperate and to make one beautiful sound. Now let's go back to our example of the violinist. If he wants to do his own thing and doesn't want to pay attention to the conductor, well, the conductor is going to find himself a new violinist. <laughs> you know, you want to play the 1812 overture? Fine, but you're going to be doing it by yourself. Go on out of here. I need to find somebody who will do what I need him to do. Because we're playing this piece, but you're off playing your own thing. Well, it's the same way with God. His plan will be fulfilled. The question is, do you get to have a part in it? And that's your choice. Whether you choose to obey him and follow his leading or to just go off and do your own thing. But his plan will be fulfilled. But it is such an honor, such a privilege to, be, to know that you are part of his plan. God Almighty wants you to play a part in accomplishing his plan in the earth. That's an amazing thought. That is a high thought. That God would choose me to be part of his plan. Well, as for me, 
I'm going to do what he wants me to do. I'm going to follow his leading. And that is where we can have the joy of faith. Let's keep reading here. He goes on in verses 9 and 10, and he talks about the wicked folks, that there's no faithfulness in their mouth. They're very unfaithful people. Their heart is wickedness. And it says that they're going to fall by their own counsels. They're going to have these schemes and these plans, and they're going to wind up falling into their own traps. And here's why. They have rebelled against God. That's the bottom line of those verses. They rebelled against God, and they wound up getting destroyed because of it. But now let's drop down to verse 11. But in contrast to the wicked, let all those that put their trust in thee, in you, Lord, rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. Praise the Lord. He wants us to be joyful in him. Now, we've looked at this verse uh, before, but let's go over to Romans chapter 15. Romans 15. Now, we're talking about following the leading of the Lord, doing what he tells you to do, and that's where you can have joy and peace. So now let's look over here at Romans 15, verse 13. Now, the God of hope, Fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. The God of hope. Bible hope, as we've seen before, is confident expectation. One definition says it's the highest degree of well-founded expectation. In other words, You can't get a higher, more sure expectation than Bible hope. Now, that's a contrast to the way that we think in the world today. When we hear hope, a lot of times we think, you know, wishing, desire. Well, I sure hope it happens, but, you know, you never know. Well, if you're talking about hope according to the Bible, if you say, I hope so, then it's a sure thing. It's going to happen. So God is the God of hope. And he is going to fill us with all joy and peace in believing. Let me read this to you out of some other versions. The Holman Christian Standard Bible says it this way. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say it out loud. In believing. As you believe in him. God's Word translation says it this way. May God, the source of hope, fill you with joy and peace through your faith in Him. 
then you will overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Notice God's going to fill us with joy and peace through our faith in Him. That's why we're calling the, our series The Joy of Faith. When we are in faith, when we are believing God, that's when we're going to be full of joy and peace. One more here, the New Living Translation. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely. I like that. There's no room left for anything else. We're completely filled with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, why am I emphasizing this so much? We can see from this passage that joy and peace are two primary indicators of real faith in God. Well, I'm believing God, brother. I'm just believing God. Well, okay, good. Where's your joy? Where's your peace? James 2 gives the example, the Holy Spirit through James gives us the example of faith without works is dead. If you don't put corresponding actions with your faith, with your trust and belief in God, then what he's saying is your faith is dead. You're not really believing God. You're fooling yourself and maybe fooling other people, but you're, you're really not trusting God because you're not acting on it. I know I gave the illustration some time back of a chair. You know, if you're, if you're standing next to a chair, there are two statements. One, I know this chair will hold me up. Two, I believe this chair will hold me up. Which one is correct? Well, if you're standing there next to it, then the first statement is true. I know this chair will hold me up because I can look at it. I can see that it's a good, strong, sturdy chair. I know because of the law of gravity and I know because this is put together well that this chair, if I sit in it, will hold me up. But I don't believe it. Why? Because I'm still standing. I'm not sitting down in it. But as soon as you sit down in the chair, that's when you start believing it. Or actually, let me rephrase it this way. That's evidence that you're believing it. The choice is made beforehand to believe it. But if you truly believe something, you're going to act on it. For instance, I believe it's not smart to step out in front of a truck on the road. And that's a good belief. <laughs> it has protected me. So I act on that belief and I don't step out in front of a moving truck. And I'm still here to talk about it. <laughs> it works both ways. Now, if I didn't believe that, if I thought, ah, that truck won't hurt me. Sure, he's going 70 miles an hour and I'm just crossing the street right in front of him. Ah, it won't hurt me any. I don't, believe, I don't believe the truck is going to hurt me. 
So I'm going to act on that choice not to believe and, well, you, you won't be hearing from me much anymore. So I'm not going to do that because I believe something different. I'm acting on what I believe. Well, an indicator of real faith is action. Really believing something, you're, let me rephrase it, Pr- acting on it proves that you really believe it. Now, you're not trying to make something happen. You're not trying to prove a point to anybody and convince somebody, yeah, I'm in faith, I'm in faith. See, I'm acting on it. Now, this is talking about a true faith that you're holding, true belief. It's going to result in action. The Lord gave us some things about walking in love a little while back. It's the same way with love. First John tells us that if we're walking in love, if we say we love God, but we are not walking in love towards our, our brothers and sisters in Christ, then the scripture says we're lying about it. We don't really love God because we're not demonstrating love to other people. Well, it's the same way with faith in God. If you don't act on it, if you don't ever demonstrate anything, then you're really not believing him the way you think you are. You know, someone says, I I trust God, I'll do whatever God wants me to do. Well, if you're living your whole life doing your own thing and you're never checking in with him and you're never following his leading, then we're going to have to question whether you really believe that God's going to lead you into a good place. So actions, corresponding actions, are a way that we demonstrate our real faith in God. And now these aren't forced. These just come naturally, if you will. They're a result of our faith. Well, another result or fruit of our faith is joy and peace. If we're truly trusting the Lord and believing his word, we will be full of joy and full of peace. I wrote this down. How do we know if we're trusting God? We can tell by how much joy and how much peace are flowing out of our heart. That's an in, those are indicators, joy and peace. <laughs> you know, we talked about this some last time. If you're sad, depressed, and distressed, upset all the time, and you say, well, I'm just believing God, brother, just believe in God. Well, you may be believing some things, but you're not believing what God told you. Here's the difference. You have to discern between your heart and your head. There can be upset, distressed thoughts in your head, but if you're following what God tells you to do, you're in your heart, there's going to be peace. You know, there may be 
a twinge of sadness or temptation to be depressed in your head. But in your heart, if you're following God, there's going to be an excitement, a joy that is not your own. You didn't come up with it. You know, you make the decision to follow the leading of the Lord. He may lead you to do something that you would have never thought to do on your own. And, you know, your head is saying, well, I've, but I've done this all my life. I've been here all my life. What am I, what am I going to do? You're, you're asking me to move over here. You're asking me to take this job over here. You're asking me, I, I mean, I see a golden opportunity over here, but you're telling me to stay. You know, whatever the situation may be, whatever God's telling you. And in your head, there may be all these thoughts like, oh, oh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I don't know what I'm going to do over here. I don't know what I'm going to do if I stay. I don't know anybody over there. I mean, all my friends are moving away. You know, all these different scenarios. In your head, it can just be a, this swirl of emotions. But if you stay with God and you follow what he gives you, the leading that he gives you, in your heart is going to be peace unexplainable peace. You don't even, you're not even going to understand mentally how you can have such peace in the midst of this situation. I know I've had that happen to me following the leading of the Lord and, you know, thoughts were swirling in my head. Like, what are we going to do about this? What about that? This is going to require this, that, and the other. And I've went to the Lord and I said, Lord, I, I believe this is what you want me to do, but I need confirmation about this. And as I was praying, just this wave of peace swept over me. And I literally tried to think about those things that were bothering me a minute ago, but the only thing that I could get in my head was, okay, so we're at peace. I couldn't have worried if I wanted to. Now, of course, you stay there and you're, you're gonna, you can let worry in. But if you're truly trusting God, you're truly willing to act on what he wants you to do, you're going to be full of joy and full of peace all the time. If you mean this, pray this out loud. Lord, I will follow you wherever you lead me. I trust you. I trust your plans for me. I believe you have good plans for me. And I ask you to give me the grace to do what pleases you. Work in me the desire and the ability to do what pleases you. And as you help me, I won't be swayed by what others think, by what situations tell me, by what the circumstances are saying, I will follow you 
and I will trust you at all times. Thank you, Lord, for helping me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, be sure and follow us so that you never miss an episode of The Fortress of Truth. And be sure and join us again next time as we continue talking about the joy of faith. We're getting into this. The Lord has more stuff for us, more good things for us, and I'm excited for it because I'm trusting Him. I have joy and I have peace. Glory to God. Well, we'll see you next time on The Fortress of Truth.